Would you turn to John 13 this morning? John 13. And let's look at verse 34, our, our golden text that we've been using for weeks now in teaching on the love of God. How many like this subject? How many believe it is very, very important? Vitally and doesn't get really any, any more important than this because God is love. We're talking about love. We're talking about God. And uh, the New Testament commandment that's right here is the commandment to love. And the more I study about this, the, uh, the more I see I, I, I should learn. You know, it's, it's the ignorant folk that think they know a lot. Did you know that? Yeah. I said it's the ignorant people that think they know a lot. Yeah. Brother Hagin's always fond of saying, he said, the more you learn, the less you see you knew. It's a fact. Have you have you ever done that? I mean, you, you get into something, you begin to learn about it, and you go, whoa, I didn't know anything about this. I thought I knew a little something, but you, when you get into it and really begin to learn, then you realize that you, you, you didn't know anything. And in the things of God, the Scripture says, was it 1 Corinthians 8? He says, uh, if any man thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing yet, as he ought to know. Even the great apostle Paul, whom God used to write uh, so much of the New Testament, was apparently caught up to heaven, had visions, and, and knew the Lord uh, intimate. He said, we only know in part. Yeah. Somebody like him says, we, we just know part. Right. We're just seeing through a glass darkly. Well, that means there's lots of parts you don't know. Yeah. Well, if the apostle Paul knew in part, then most folk could just know part of the part. Yeah. Right? right? Lot to learn, lot to understand. So are you believing with us actively for revelation in the church? Yes. Don't, don't, just, don't just rest on me or Phyllis or any other minister that would be in here and go, well, you know, y'all, you, you, you learn and you show us. No, believe with us for revelation. God will give us revelation and utterance to teach according not just what I'm able to receive, but what you're able to hear. Amen. See, there's more than one factor here. If you grow, and the Lord told us that, didn't he? He's growing us up quickly. If you grow and, and, and are able to hear something beyond milk and are able to take some more of the meat of the word, then God will give me revelation. He'll get me up in the nighttime and say, tell them this when you get in there tomorrow and have me open up whole things to me. Right? You understand what I'm saying? For you. One of the best favors you ever did yourself was pray for your ministers. Because what God gives to them and comes through them affects you. Right? It's what you hear. And so uh, I'm believing, and I want you to believe with me, that God's bringing us up to higher places Amen. of revelation and understanding. Amen. Until we'll sit, you and, you and I both will sit here and go, wow, I didn't know that. Whew, thank you, Lord, for showing us that. No wonder we had problems in that area. We didn't, we're doing the wrong thing. We didn't know this. Right? How many understand this could be happening to us all the time? And doors can be being shut to the enemy. Right? And we can be coming up from grace to grace. And from faith to faith. And from glory to glory. In the blessings of the Lord. If we'll get excited about it. And focus and have ears to hear. Well, I, I have learned just in the last year or two. A, a lot more about the love of God. And in doing so, realize how much there is to learn. 
we must grow in this. And, and friend, what a difference it makes in your life because even your faith life. How many know that you're not going to be successful without faith? You're not going to have victory without faith, but faith works by what? Love. So, I mean, if you, if you're not pursuing love and growing in love, you can't grow in faith. Your faith works by love, Galatians tells us. John 13, are you there? 1334. Jesus said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one to another. So could you say that this is a primary part of our witness to the world? Huh? I mean, you, you, what else can you say? That by this, people will know you're disciples of His. By this, people will know you're Christians. What other scripture says that? What, what other place did Jesus say about something else? Well, I don't know of anything else. This is the lion's share of our witness. That we do what? Love each other. Me loving you, you loving me, fellow Christians. Now, when you, when you say that, me loving you, you loving me, people have such a shallow concept of love. A, a lot of even, especially a lot of men, they don't even like using the word. Right. You loving me, me loving you. Well, let's don't say it like that, Brother Keith. <laughs> let's say, I like you. Yeah, I like you too. Let's watch a ball game. But I love you. Come on, man. I love you. Now, you know what I'm talking about. Why is it that way? No understanding. Because a, a lot of guys, they think love is somewhere or another associated with weakness. Hmm? Nothing could be further from the truth. Real love is the most powerful thing in the universe. Hmm? Real love cannot be conquered, cannot be defeated, cannot fail. That's more than we can say about your muscles. (laughs) You can be put down. I don't care how big you are, how strong you are, you can be put down. Can't say that about your intellect. Don't care how smart you are, how sharp you are, how much money you got. You can lose it. You can be put down. Love cannot be put down. Love cannot be conquered. It cannot fail. What God is love. For love to be conquered is for God to be conquered. Ain't going to happen. Not in your lifetime or anybody's lifetime. Never going to happen. So the reason I say that is because they're, they're, just to point out, there's so much misconception, misunderstanding about what even real love is. So many folk don't understand. Like we've said, you know, people say, oh, I love you. I love you. I need you. That's not divine love. Is it? I love you. I need you means I love me. And I love what you do for me. Hmm? I love you, the divine kind of love. God loved us while we were yet his enemies. While we were doing nothing for him, he loved us in spite of our mistakes. 
Now, we've gone through a lot of different points in the past weeks. We talked about receiving love. We talked about loving God. We talked about loving each other. But the Lord's prompted me to go back and talk some more about loving God. Now, loving we talked some about this, some detail. But loving God includes, among other things, keeping His commandments. And His primary commandment is that we love each other. Right? But loving God means obeying Him, doing what He says, and the number one thing He said is to love each other. So loving God means loving each other. We talked about this last week, that you can have commitment beyond what you would have to that person because you love God. You'll put up with things, you'll uh, do things, you'll be faithful when you normally wouldn't have been faithful just for them, but because you love God. You'll be faithful to them. Right? Well, here's another side of loving God. Go to 1 John now, please. 1 John. 1 John 2. I really wasn't planning on getting into this today. But as I sat down at my desk last night, got to looking at things and thinking about it, the Lord reminded me, He said, this is also loving me. I thought, hmm. Hadn't talked about this much, but is more important to him than I was emphasizing. So here I'm correcting that this morning. First John 2. Are you there? How many love God? Every hand ought to go up. That was not good enough. How many love God in here this morning? You love God. This is, this is super important. Well, We already know that if you love God, you're going to keep His commandments. You're going to obey Him. We already know if you love God, you're going to love your brother. Here's something else. If you love God, in 1 John 2, 1 John 2, and verse 15, 1 John 2 and 15, He says, Love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So without going any further, if we love God, we obey Him. We keep His commandments. If we love God, we uh, love each other. And according to this, if we love God, we don't love The world. If you love the world, you don't love God. No exceptions, right? How many understand there's no no room here for exceptions? Verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away. And the lust thereof. How many understand that? It's this all passing away. All the worldly stuff is not going to last. But he that does the will of God. That's another way of saying the one that loves God. He abides how long? We're going to be around a long time. Is that right? It'll help you relax in this life. Huh? Sometimes people feel so rushed and like time is so short. But hey, I'm going to be around forever. 
Are you? Makes you kick back and relax a little bit. Because we're going to be around. Hmm? If you love God, you don't love the world. If you love the world, you don't love God. Now, I didn't say that, right? How many understand the scripture says this? Let's read it again real slow. Verse 15. Did he say, try not to love the world? Do your best. Huh? He just said, don't do it. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Well, we have to define then the world, don't we? What is the world? What would be loving the world? He's not just talking about the earth. Because the earth is the Lord's. Right? And the fullness thereof. What is the world then? Well, you're going to see it as we go further. But let me just preface what we're going to by this. The world is... The world's ways and the world's concepts and the world's beliefs and the world's system, which is apart from God. And I, I believe that some a word that goes hand in hand with worldliness is the word ungodly. Ungodliness. So it would be all that is in the world that is ungodly. Now we, we hear these words, but people's minds go off on tangents. And what some people talk about when they start talking about holiness, they just get into rules and regulations, and, and you can't do this, and there's a thousand can't do's. Can't do this, can't do that. And people, they just go from bad to worse. Legalism. Legalism, obeying a thousand rules doesn't make you love God. Did you hear me? Now, I grew up with, with rules. I grew up in a holiness Pentecostal church. And uh, I love the Pentecostal people. And I love the holiness people. And they're all different. All groups are different in their beliefs. But in, in the church we grew up in, I mean, there was 10,000 things you couldn't do. Couldn't do this. I mean, the, the men couldn't wear short sleeves. And the women couldn't wear a lot of things. And half the preaching was on what the women couldn't do. And on what the men couldn't do. Instead of what we could do. But you know, I saw person after person come in and get saved and love God only oftentimes in less than a year. Be slipped back into the world. Because they decide, I can't live this. I can't do it. And then they believe I've already messed up. And I'm so far below pleasing God. I might as well just have fun while I'm down here. Because I'm going to hell anyway. What a lie. I said, what a lie. When it's not about do's and don'ts and rules and regulations. It's about, do you love God? And if we change something in our life, it shouldn't be because of trying to keep some, maintain some man's idea, standard of holiness. Holiness is Christ-likeness. Yeah. Being like the Master. Yeah. 
And why would you drop off something in your life or change something or eliminate something? It should be because in your fellowship with God, he let you know he didn't like it. And you, because you love him so much, you don't want to displease him, so you cut it off. Hmm? And Romans, you know, in the 14th chapter, goes into great detail about different people's faith. That some people have faith that this is okay, and others don't. And that every man is going to stand before the Lord for himself. And to have your faith between you and God, in other words, don't try to push it off on other people. What is sin? Sin is violation of the law. But sin is also to him that knows to do good and does it not, to him it is sin. Well, what if you don't know as much as somebody else? You hear what I'm saying? How many of you have walked with the Lord for a number of years, and when you first got saved, you didn't see anything wrong with certain things, but after you grew for some, you realized, well, that's not good. I got to change that. But you didn't see it when you first started walking. Well, other people is getting saved are the same way, and you don't need to dump all your rules on them. Hmm? You don't need to try to tell them how to live where you are now if you've been walking with God for 40 years and you've grown. And that's why that, you know, we don't preach condemnation here. And I'm charging you not to. Did you hear me? I want people to know they can come here and I don't care what they've been into. They can come here and receive from God and we'll love them. And we'll not try to straighten them all out the first day. In fact, we won't try to straighten them out. We'll leave that to God. That's a big job. I'm just going to leave that to the Lord. Right? Yeah, but Brother Keith, they're drinking. I saw them in the bar. Well, all the more reason for them to be in here. Yeah, well, Brother Keith, they're doing this. I heard them cuss on the job. Well, you never cussed? Huh? It's like you never said a cuss word. It's amazing how high and mighty people get, don't they? You know, you see people go into, I, I, I saw this fellow, bless his heart, supposed to have been a preacher. And went into this restaurant, and these guys came in rowdy, and they sat down table beside him, and they're using bad language. And boy, he got so mad, he said, I ain't standing for that. I mean, my wife is here, and my daughter is here. And I don't, I can't stay, you know. And boy, he got, he got up and he, he, boy, he let them have it. Uh, you know, such a hypocrite. Yeah. Right. What's a hypocrite? Yeah. I know the same guy would go home and sit down and turn the TV on and listen to cussing for three hours. Uh-huh. And go, can you believe they let them talk like that on TV? <laughs> and watch it another, listen to it another two hours. I can't believe they show stuff like that. Can you believe they let stuff like this come on TV? (laughs) And before they got saved, one of the biggest cussers around. (laughs) Teach other people new cuss words. (laughs) It's not about having a cuss-free vocabulary. You could eliminate all the cuss words, wouldn't make you saved. Wouldn't mean you love God. Hmm? If people have habits, if they're doing drugs, if they have a big problem with overeating, if they're uh, drinking and getting drunk, or I don't care if they smoke, you know, nine cigarettes at a time. These things are not the issue. 
There's a lot of bad habits that people have. Right? It's not about that. Do you love God? Do you want to come to God? Do you want to be close to God? If you do, He will draw near to you. He'll give you strength. He'll grace you. You'll get stronger. Amen? And in the process of time, you'll be fellowshipping with Him, and He'll put His finger and say, you know, I don't like that. And you'll go, well, if you don't like it, I don't like it. That's the end of that. And you'll be strong enough to let it go, too. Are you with me? It doesn't all happen overnight or in a week. And folk that have grown and, and have, have grown in holiness, uh, then you ought not actually hypocritical and realize that what you were like 20 years ago. Or where you were at and how long it took you to get to the place where you are now. Not that it took God a long time, but people are people. They don't always respond like they should. Everybody said no condemnation, no condemnation. In, this church. in this church. And I, when you're outside and you're dealing with people and you're talking to people and, you know, they've got things that don't look too godly. Well, don't judge them about that and don't write them about that. The issue is, do they want to get to God? Do they love God? Amen. Now, if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. Go to James 4, please. Let's talk some more about this. I've given you a word to associate with worldliness. What, what is that word? Ungodliness. Ungodliness. Go into James chapter 4. What does ungodly mean? See, we, people have religious ideas about what these things. What, what does ungodly mean? Well, seven up is the uncola, right? <laughs> what does that mean? Ain't no cola in it. I woke somebody up just then. Well, what's ungodly? Huh? God's not in it. They've left God out. They've eliminated God from it. God's not in it. Ungodly people don't want God in in their things. Hmm? They don't want to talk about God. They don't want to hear about God. They don't want God in it. Well, if God's not in it, should we be in it? Now, this is going to cover a lot of ground, guys. Do you understand this? But I didn't write these verses. If God's not in it, is it okay for us to be in it? No. When is it all right for us to, to say, now God, you know, I, I know you and I are always together on everything, but I'm going to go do this for a little while and I'm gonna, and, and not with you. No. <laughs> when is that okay? No. Now, Lord, I know you don't like this, but I'm going to watch this. And so if you could just stay out of the room for the next <laughs> few hours, I'm going <laughs> to... When is it okay to leave God out? Never. Now people make fun of us and they mock us. Because we're God this and God that and, and they think we're just nuts and, and you know they're always talking about the Lord this and the Lord that and how else should it be? When you get up in the morning, what's the first thing ought to hit your mind? The Lord. Right? This is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad. Lord, what you want us to do today? We want His direction, don't we? Yes. We want His guidance, don't we? Yes. His protection. Yes. 
His provision. Well, how are you going to have His protection and provision and direction and you leave Him out? Doesn't work. Doesn't work. In fact, uh, in praying about some things, in the, the recent problems and attacks that we've had as a nation, I, in, I prayed about that. Lord, how, how did this happen? You know? How did 9-11 happen? How did it happen? Because the Lord, I mean, myriads of things like that would have already happened to us. You understand that? Except the Lord had spared us and protected us. I do not believe that the attacks uh, on 9-11 were the perfect will of God. I don't believe that they pleased God. Well, then why did he let them happen? There were legalities involved. What we should ask is why wasn't he able to legally protect us from all of that? And I understand this, and this is what we need to pray about as a nation. People in different parts of our country and different parts of our society have pushed God out. You understand that? They don't want God. They've pushed him out of this, and they've pushed him out of that. But then they turn around and say, yeah, but we want you to protect us, though. It don't work that way. If you want God, you must have all that he is. And if you want his direction, you must receive his correction. Now, that's a whole sermon within itself. But you can't say, well, now, Lord, we don't want you in this, and we don't want you in that. But then when you need something, well, we want you now for this. But as soon as we get this taken care of, we don't want you anymore. Go, go away and let us do our thing. The world that he's talking about is the ungodly world. They've pushed God out. They don't want God. Now look at James, and he uses even uh, stronger words here about this thing. James 4, verse 4. He said, you, actually the... Uh, most Bibles just say adulteresses instead of adulterers and adulteresses. He just says adulteresses. And that would be applicable because he is the bridegroom and we are the bride of Christ. But here he says adulteresses. Know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Friendship here means fondness. Fond of. The fondness of the world, and that would be the ungodly things, is enmity or hatred with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Man, that's strong language, isn't it? Enemy of God? If you're the friend of the world, you're the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit that dwells in us lusteth to envy? He gives more grace. He says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, here's the thing. The ungodly... Don't want God. They don't want God in their life. They don't want to be bothered with commandments. They don't want to be bothered with the concepts of obedience or faith. Leave me alone. Have you ever tried to witness to somebody sometimes and they, and, and they leave me alone? 
don't want to hear it, then they are what? Ungodly. No God in their life. They don't want God in their life. Is that a problem? That's as big as it gets. Problem. That's how you go to hell. Right? And that wouldn't be that God sent you to hell. It meant that you refused his salvation. You don't want him. You don't want him in your life. Well, if people are that way, and they don't want God, and you understand, he said the friendship of the world is hatred or enmity against God. It's not, there's no such thing as somebody that's in the world and they don't want God, but they're just doing their own thing. They're not serving the devil, but they're not serving God. They're just doing their own thing. There is no human in the planet like that. You're going to serve somebody. If they're not serving God, what are they doing? They may be totally ignorant of it, but they are serving the devil. Right? That's the only other way to go. Well, if they don't want God and they're not serving God, then they're serving the devil, then they are God's enemies. Is that right? And all the things they come up with and all the things that they do are things that are at enmity or hatred with God. If we love their ungodly stuff, we're loving the works of our enemies. I mean, of God's enemies. How can we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength? And love his enemies. Love those that hate him. Love those that despise him. Love those that mock him. You can't. I said you can't. So there are choices, aren't there? There are choices. Go with me to another opening. Go to uh, 2 Timothy. Are you all believing with me this morning? For utterance. We're not out to condemn anybody for anything. We do want you to understand what the Bible says. That love for God means you don't love the ungodly things that's in the world. Right? You can't. He said it like this. He said, if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. Man, that's a strong statement. He said, if you, if you love the world, you're an adulteress. We've been married to the Lord, haven't we? We're supposed to be faithful to Him. Right? Will we be tempted to unfaithfulness? Yes, we will be tempted. Do we have to yield to it? No, we don't. But we will be tempted. 2 Timothy 4 and verse 10. Demas has forsaken me. This is a man, obviously, that was helping Paul in, in the ministry. But Demas left him, forsook him. Why? Why did he leave the ministry? Why did he leave Paul and company, having loved this present world and is departed into Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia, only Luke is with me. You know, we've seen it in the few years that we've been in the ministry. We've, we've had help people help us before that love God, but as time went by, they got cold. And got to longing for things that are in the world and looking at them. Ungodliness. And this man, he, how many believe that Paul's an anointed man? Does he have revelation? 
I mean, they see signs and, and miracles and wonders in Paul's ministry. And Demas is around this and hooked up with us. How could he get to the place where he gets to wanting something in the world more than he wants to stay in the ministry with Paul? But that's not the, the biggest thing. In making that decision, he has shown, I love this more than I love God. And he chose. Now, friend, you can do that. I don't care how long you've walked with God. You can choose to follow something else. You're a fool if you do. But you can. How many understand no matter what kind of pretty picture the devil paints of things in the world and ungodliness, there's nothing there but death. Nothing there but destruction. How many understand that, that no temporary physical pleasure is worth you forfeiting your relationship with God. None. Now, you know, let's just come back to this, married people, because this is the illustration he's using. In fact, I should have read it to you, but just uh, just go back to 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter. 2 Corinthians 11. He said, verse 2, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 2, I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. 2 Corinthians 11, 2. For I have espoused to you one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, his craftiness, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. This is the same language that we read in James about being an adulteress. He said, I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. Does God get jealous? Yes, he does. If you study the scripture, you'll find it's one of his names. Jealous with a capital J. Go back and study it. You'll see what I'm talking about. But it's not an unreasonable jealousy. Hmm? Let's take a a husband and wife. I mean, uh, a man that can't stand for anybody else to, to even look at his wife, can't stand for his wife to go anywhere without him, has to know every detail of everything that she ever says or does, that's an unreasonable jealousy. Did you hear me? Nobody owns another human being. Did you hear? Well, that's my wife. Well, you don't own her. And if she wants to cheat, she will. Hmm? If he wants to cheat, if your husband wants to cheat, he'll find a way. I don't care how much you try to watch them and how much you try to do, they can find a way. And you'll just wear yourself out trying to follow them and, and listen. And that just means you are insecure. Hmm? But what if they do? What if they run off and leave me? Well, I didn't say it'd be easy, but God will give you a better one. Did you hear me? Yes, thank you, Lord. Hmm. That's, that's tough. Hey, it's a fact. But, but here's the point. If they say, well, you know, I love you, but I love my mistress too. Ladies, wives, would that be okay? 
Your husband says, I love you. I do. I love you with all my heart. But I, I love my mistress too. How does that work, ladies? Huh? Can that work? No. 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 If they're going to pursue this other woman, then they don't love you. I don't care what they say. Don't believe it. Don't listen to it. If they loved you, then they wouldn't hurt you. Hmm? They'd control their desires. They'd control themselves. And they wouldn't hurt you. Love does no ill to its neighbor, whoever it's close to, whoever it's nearby. Now, if you've made mistakes in the past and you've asked God to forgive you, he's forgiven you. We're not talking about the past. But we're talking about today. And we're talking about tomorrow. Nobody has to cheat. Brother Keith, I'm just a man. I'm just a man. I'm just a man. No, you're just a weakling. I don't care if you're 300 pounds of muscle. If every time you see a female, you have to run after and pursue her, you're weak. Weak. Any, any man, any woman can have desires. Any man, any woman can have thoughts come. Any man, any woman can be tempted. But you know what will keep you from hurting other people? Your love for God. Huh? And your love for them. If it's strong enough, it's stronger than your desire. Did you hear me? And if you say, well, I, I love you, I do. Uh, I love you, God, I do. But but I love going to them wild parties too, man. I, and I love a different woman every night. And I, and I love getting high. And, and I, But I love you. No, you don't. No, you don't. You're kidding yourself. You don't. You love yourself. And you love satisfying your desires. And you love you above everything and everybody. I mean, how else can it be that a man, he doesn't care. He, he'll betray confidence with his, his employees, his customers, break his covenant vows, uh, throw his kids into disarray because he's got to satisfy a physical urge. That means he loves himself more than anybody else Amen. or anything. Amen. It's self-love. But if you love God and you love your family, you'll control yourself to keep from hurting them. Is that right? And if you love God, can God be hurt? Yeah, I won't take time to go into it. But God, the Lord has said numerous times, he says, they've grieved me. They vexed me with their whoredom and their ungodliness. Can God be hurt like a husband could be hurt? He is our divine husband. The Lord Jesus, and we are his, his bride, his wife. And you can be unfaithful to the Lord and your covenant with him, just like a wife could be unfaithful to her natural husband. Yeah. Do you understand this? Yeah. That's why he says, if you love God, you can't love the world. Amen. You, you can't have affairs with the world. Amen. What is backsliding? 
What is backsliding? People, they got saved, they, they loved God, they pursued God, but then they quit going to church, they went out into the world, they went back into their old junk. What is that? That's a spiritual affair. Is that right? It's a spiritual affair. Spiritually, they're sleeping with other spirits. They're intimate with other spirits. And the other spirits are God's enemies. Now, go to 1 Corinthians, please. 10th chapter. Is this okay today? This wasn't my idea. But it certainly is scripture, isn't it? And if we're going to talk about loving God, we have to talk about this because it's such a big part in the scriptures of loving God. If you love God, you don't love the ungodly world. 1 Corinthians 10, are you there? 1 Corinthians 10. Well, let me just read for a few verses. Verse 5. 1 Corinthians 10, 5. With many of them God was not well pleased. They were overthrown in the wilderness. These things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Neither be ye idolaters, as were some of them. As it's written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Now let's just stop right here. How many understand fornication is ungodliness? And fornication involves a whole host of things, including adultery, including homosexuality and lesbianism. It's ungodliness. Did you hear me? These are not my thoughts. I'm thinking of three New Testament passages right now that say this. Maybe we should just take time and go to some of them. Because we're defining specifics of ungodliness, right? Go to Romans 1. Hold your place here. Go to Romans 1. One reason I'm taking the time to say some of this is because we have a lot of people who are claiming to be Christians. Hmm? And they're ungodly. Their lifestyle is ungodly and their ways are ungodly. Ungodly means what? Not like God. Without God. God's not in it. Well, as Christians, God should be in every part of our lives. Right? We should have God at the breakfast table. Right? God in the bedroom. God in the garage. God in our cars. God in every decision. Right? Certainly God in our marriages and in our relationships, with our kids and with our, God should be in every part. And if so, we, we come up to something, so somebody says, you can't bring God in here. Well, then we don't come. Right? If, you, if God can't be in there, then I know, I'm not going in there either. God has to stay out. God can't come in here. Well, then we don't go in. Much less love what's in there. Right? Romans 1, are you there? Romans 1, he said, let's see, there's so much here, I don't want to read the whole chapter. 18, Romans 1, 18. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all what? Ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now skip down to 24, he starts giving you some specifics. 
of ungodliness, God gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creation more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up to vile affections. Even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. How many understand women with women is unnatural? I don't care what. I know that is politically incorrect. I know that is unsomuch. So well, you, you hate homosexuals. No, I don't. Any more than I hate adulterers. Or, forn- or teenage fornicators. Or pedophiles. Did you hear me? But it's ungodly. Teenagers having sex outside of marriage is ungodly. Hmm? Yeah, but we love each other and we're going to be married. Going to be married is exactly the same as not being married. And how many millions of couples that were going to be married never were? No, no. Well, we're married in the eyes of the Lord. Said who? Who said? Where'd you get that? No. It's ungodliness. Men and women having affairs. Sleeping with somebody else's wife. Sleeping with somebody else's husband is ungodly, isn't it? It's ungodly. Women with women is ungodly. Men with men is ungodly. Now, you can believe something else if you want to. But somebody says, well, I'm a Christian. You cannot be a good Christian and reject the Bible. Or rewrite it to suit yourself. Did you hear me? And it is it is uh, coupled with these other things in the area of fornication. I mean, whether it's, you know, people desiring children or, or it goes on from there. All of this stuff is ungodly. Hmm? What is godly? One man. One woman. God joined together. It's a, it's a perfect type and example of Christ in the church, isn't it? It's natural. Right? It's godly. Anything else is ungodly. Don't let the world... Deceive you. Hmm? Don't believe it. Anything else is ungodly. He goes on to say, Likewise the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly. Now, is anybody confused about what he's talking about? This is as plain as you could be, right? Men having sex with men. Right? Is that okay? What if they get married? Hmm? No. Would it be okay for a 40-year-old to marry an 8-year-old? Would that make it okay? Or a person marrying an animal? Huh? Does it make it okay for a man to see another man's wife and just run and get her and they get married? Does them getting married make what they did okay? No. No. Uh, a piece of paper and, and changing a law is not going to make something godly. Right? And let people mock you. Let people make fun. I'm going to get ahead of myself a little bit. How many know the scripture said, They that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Yeah, that's right. In fact, the, the scripture said, if you read your scriptures this past week, you, you remember that he, he talked about how that the world hates him. 
Because he testifies of it that its deeds and works are wicked. Right? And how? That if the world hates him, the world will hate us. Why? Because we do the same thing. We love them, but we're not going to agree with them that their stuff is okay. Did you hear me? No, it's not okay. It's ungodly. It's wrong. We love you. God will deliver you, but it's wrong. It's sin. Whether you're a fornicator or an adulterer or, or a homosexual or lesbian or pedophile or whatever it is, it's sin. It's wrong. You can't make right. I don't care how many laws are passed. It'll still be ungodly. Right? But you understand when you take this kind of stance, you're going to catch some flack. Right? They that will live godly in Christ Jesus are those who are going to live different from the world. And by their righteous lifestyle, the ungodly lifestyle of the world will be condemned. Right? The Bible said Noah's righteousness condemned the whole world. And people will hate you because of it. They'll hate you. I know of ministers that people have shot at them, waited on them to kill them. Everything else, because they preached that sin was sin. People don't want to hear that. But the problem is, if you just say, well, just let folk along. I mean, they're adults. If they want to do something, then let them do it. Well, I'm not going to personally try to make people do anything. But I must tell people what sin is. Because the wages of sin is death. And there's no such thing as people say, well, I, you know, I'm living in this kind of lifestyle. But I love God with all my heart. No, you don't. No, you, I don't care what you say. If you love God, you obey His Word. Amen. Right? Amen. And you don't love the ungodliness in the world. So don't you believe it. In fact, you want to get more light on this, go read First John. Read it carefully. Because he goes into real detail about people that say that they believe, but they practice unrighteousness. He said they're liars. They don't love God. They don't know God. People that don't hear us, he said, they're not with us. Everybody say choices. If you love God, you don't love ungodliness. He goes on to say, verse 28, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. That's the definition of ungodliness, isn't it? They didn't like to retain God in their knowledge. They don't want God in their stuff. How many understand it's a problem? That they don't want the Ten Commandments in courthouses. It's a big problem. Because they're not talking about a piece of paper. They're not talking about a plaque. They're talking about the Almighty, the Creator. They don't want God in the courthouse. Because they don't want to be subject to His Word. They want to do what they want to do. They want to serve and worship another God. Can't pray in the school. It ain't about prayer. It's about not wanting God in your school. We're our own God. We do what we want to do. We decide. Well, we must be tolerant, Brother Keith, of other religions. We better not be. We better not be. Well, we must be understanding, Brother Keith, and there are, there are many higher powers. There are not. There are many devils. Many idols. There is one true and living God. One. One. And there's only one way to him. One. Jesus. One. Well, y'all are just, y'all are just so narrow. Yeah, and saved. It's a fact. Now, you'll, you'll catch flat for saying things like that. 
But they that will live godly in Christ Jesus, they will suffer some persecution. Amen. Yeah. No. No. There are not many other ways to God. And when they're serving the same God, no, they're not. By a different name, no, they are not. No. No. I'm sorry, they're not. We better not be tolerant of other religions. The more tolerant this nation is of other religions, the further down we will go. This, you understand, you know, this nation was not built on freedom of religion. No, it was not. It was built on freedom to worship God. Not freedom to worship any God. No. That's why God has prospered this nation and protected us and spared us. And when we say, we don't want you, we don't want you, we want this God or we want that God, then destruction is coming. Judgment is coming. And you and I ought not be silent and sit around in the name of tolerance and political correctness while judgment is impending. We need to be witnesses. Not condemners, but witnesses. Amen? And tell folk the truth because lies will not set people free. Only the truth. Tell people the truth in love, but tell them the truth. Hmm? No. Continue reading. Romans 1. They didn't want to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. To do those things that are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, Unmerciful. Now what did he just get through describing? Ungodliness. All these verses are describing a world without God. A life without God. Because when God is there manifest, when people are yielding to him, there's going to be love. There's going to be peace. There's going to be joy. There's going to be faithfulness. Amen. Loyalty. Service. Self-sacrifice. Hallelujah. Turn with me, please, to uh, 1 Corinthians 10. How many love God? Then we see from the Word, if we love God, we can't love the ungodly world. Right? And friends, let let me challenge you. Everything that comes up, ask yourself the question, is God in this? Did they leave God out of this? If it is, should you stay with it? Should you continue to watch it or read it or listen to it? They don't believe in God. They've left God out. You know, there's a particular musician. Some years ago, I enjoyed his play and everything like that. And and some of his new stuff that he came out with is absolutely, you know, it's, it's not... So much blasphemy, but just ungodly. Well, I can't. I can't even. I, he's a very talented player, but I can't enjoy it anymore. 
You understand what I'm saying? Because whatever you are comes through your instrument, comes through your singing. I mean, whatever your spirit is. And and I don't care how great you are. I don't care if you can play eight instruments at one time. If you don't love God, I have a problem with that. Hmm? In fact, you know what Paul said? In fact, hold your place here and, and look at it. <laughs> what are they all laughing at? First Corinthians 16. It's, it's real close by. First Corinthians 16. I think we'll go back to 10 here in just a minute. But he said in his closing in this letter, and, and what a great, how many think First Corinthians is a great epistle? I mean, oh man, God did something when he gave this through Paul. But he, he winds this thing up and closes it with this powerful statement. 1 Corinthians 16.22 He says, this is one of the last things he says here. If any man love not the Lord Jesus, let him be anathema. Now that's, that's stout. You know what anathema means? It means cursed and devoted to destruction. How many believe Paul's a man of God? Is he a man of love? A man of faith? And how many believe this is not just Paul writing this? This is the Holy Ghost speaking through him. Man, that's a powerful, a really strong thing to say. If you don't love the Lord Jesus, what's another way of saying that? Be accursed. Be dev- what is destruction? Destruction is hell. <laughs> if you don't love the Lord Jesus, <laughs> who? It's it's not cussing. It's be accursed. To hell with you. You're going to hell. You're devoted to destruction. If you don't love the Lord Jesus. Now friend, have we been that strong about this? Or have we been, well, you know, live and let live. And and, you know, I guess, I don't know. Buddha might be a good God too. I don't know. Or or Allah, maybe Allah's a good God. Or or maybe, you know, there's all these different paths. No, they are not. And if they don't love the Lord Jesus, they're not your brother. They're not your sister. Did you hear me? Now, we love them. We'd like to see them get to God. But I I didn't write this verse. This is strong language. He said, if anybody, any man does not love the Lord Jesus, he's accursed and devoted to destruction. Then he says, Maranatha. The Lord has come and is coming. Amen. 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 And when he comes, you best love the Lord Jesus. How many know when he comes and the mountains are moved out of their place and sinners are screaming for the rocks to cry and fall on them, you best love the Lord Jesus. Because that's the only folk that are going to be saved. I'm sorry, but the Buddhists are not. And certainly the atheists are not. And the skeptics are not. And the intellectuals are not. Only the ones who, not the people who quoted scriptures and were baptized in water or put their name on a roll. The people who what? 
loved the Lord Jesus. They loved God really, truly, genuinely. And if you do, it will show up in your life. You'll obey Him. Amen. You'll love your brother. Even if they're not very lovely, you'll love them because you love God. And you say, God, well, if you love them, whoo, they're a mess. But (laughs) if you love them, great, I love them too. Amen. 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 And if you love God, you won't love the ungodliness in the world. Now, 1 Corinthians 10, we read part of it. And he says down in uh, verse 14, My dearly beloved, flee from idolatry. Now, idolatry is worshiping anything as God other than God. Anything becoming too important in your life. I speak to wise men, judge you what I say. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion, the fellowship of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? We being many are one bread and one body. We are all partakers of that one bread. Behold, Israel after the flesh are not they which eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? What say I then, that the idol is anything? Or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils. That includes every other religion on the planet today. Did you hear me? What are they fellowshipping with? Their God. Well, there is no other God but Jehovah. Hmm? Well, they're worshiping their God. There is no other God but Jehovah, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then what are they worshiping? Devils. Yeah, but they have spiritual experiences. I don't doubt it. But it ain't the Holy Ghost. Huh? Yeah, but they go on trips and have visions. and I don't doubt it. But it ain't the Holy Ghost. Devils. Everybody say devils. He said, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? All things are lawful for me. We don't live by laws and rules, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but all things edify not. Why shouldn't we go to certain places? And watch certain things. And be involved in certain things. Why shouldn't we? Hmm? Let's say you saw me in one of the worst bars in the area. Would you think that's cool? Well, I saw Brother Keith in that place. Ooh, it's a bad place. Why shouldn't I be in there? I mean, understand, if I shouldn't be in there, you shouldn't be in there. Yeah, but you're a preacher. Where'd you read there's different rules for preachers? Than believers. If I shouldn't be in there. You shouldn't be in there. Why shouldn't we be in there? You are me. Well they got cussing. And they got this. And they got that. That's not the only thing they got. If they've run God out. And they're having a big high heel time. With ungodly stuff. And wicked and vile stuff. They are fellowshipping with wrong spirits. Did you hear me? And if I go in there and get involved in what they're involved with, I'm not just fellowshipping with them. I'm fellowshipping with the spirits. Amen. They're fellowshipping with which are God's enemies. Amen. 
Did you hear me? Which makes me unfaithful to my divine husband. Doesn't it? He said, you can't fellowship with devils and fellowship with God. He said, do you provoke the Lord to jealousy? How many know you'll make him mad? He'll have a right to be jealous. You're hobnobbing around with a demon. Getting intimate spiritually with a demon. You know, some people saw what they've been fellowshipping with, they'd throw up for two days. What they've been intimate with spiritually, they'd they'd throw up. Make them nauseous. Listen, friend, a lot of you, you had a wild lifestyle before you got saved. You did a lot of ungodly stuff. We're not looking back. We're not trying to dredge that up. But when you got born again, you've been cleansed. Amen. Amen. And you have been placed into covenant with a new husband, the Lord Jesus. He's forgiven you of all your past transgressions, and he loves you. But did you understand that uh, these wrong spirits that you used to hang with will come and try to tempt you? They'll come and pull up in your yard on Saturday night and blow the horn. They go, hey, hey, man, remember us? We used to get there, man. Hey. We, well, how long's it been since you got high? How long's it been since you had, you know, different sex partners? Hey, man, party is on party. Come on. Come on. They'll tempt you. Hmm? Particularly if you had a problem with a thing. If you really delved into it, you fellowshiped with wrong spirits. And, and they'll come try to tempt you to get back into that. What will keep you from yielding? Hmm? What's strong enough to keep you from getting back into things you were delivered from, being unfaithful to the Lord? It'll be your love for God. Even if your flesh is screaming, yeah, 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 let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you love God enough, you'll grab your flesh by the nap of the neck and you'll say, you shut up, you shut up and shut the door and go read your Bible. We'll have a Holy Ghost party in here. We ain't got to go fellowship with devils to have fun. Huh? And you'll be faithful to the Lord. Can you say amen? Stand on your feet, please. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.